welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Today we are about to prove you wrong. This is a Ugandan product made from here in Uganda by a Ugandan who has joined me here on set. Yes. Max, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for honoring our invitation this morning. Friends, join me to celebrate the Business Garage team. Celebrate them because they bring us incredible stories. They go far and wide to find these stories for us. Now, if you're at a location and you manufacture products or you'd like your business to be featured here at Business Garage, you can go ahead and speak to your location pastor. They'll be able to connect you with the right people so we can feature your business here at Business Garage. Yes, there's opportunity and room for everybody because we believe we can learn from you as well. So why don't you go ahead today, speak to your location pastor, tell them what you do in detail and they'll connect you to the right people and we'll host you here on set so you can share your story. Amen. Max, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You're welcome. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself because I, I don't think I can introduce you appropriately. But also just let the people know you, who you are, where you come from. Feel free. This is your time. This is your moment. We are all ears. <coughs> this is my moment. Anyway, so, um, so hey. <laughs> Anyway, so Maximan Cimenta is my name. I am a Ugandan whose parents hail from Kawali, now Ruchiga district. So I'm an electrical engineer, petroleum engineer, uh, by profession, by the things I studied. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> so I was one of the, um, I studied from Namagunga for 13 years, P1 to S6, if there was a university my parents would have sent me there. Thank God there was none. Anyway, so I went to Makere, was part of the team that built the Kira EV, the original concept. I did wow. the DC-DC converter, the hey. dashboard. Then we went ahead to um, develop software at the university, after which I was really done with that technical aspect of life. I quit, I had eight months of discovering myself. Uh, one of the darkest moments of my life. After that, I joined the oil and gas industry. Um, was a, an expatriate with Schlumberger, the world's biggest oil and gas service company. Yeah. Based in Congo. Kwegamba, God has just been backing me up a lot. So, while in Congo, um, well, I had relaxed hair, and uh, it was the third month when I had to retouch my hair. So, I go out to these salons, wanting, you know, to look good. But unfortunately, I'm kicked out because they didn't have the products to work on my hair, my African hair in Congo. Anyway, I move on to the next. The next, I'm advised to go to some salons down by the market, which was very sad in my perspective at the time. So I chop off my hair completely, go bold, zero, P1 standards of like hair. Then I start growing my hair fresh. Hold on, Max. So you went to relax your hair and they couldn't relax your hair? Why? 
because apparently they didn't have the products to relax my African hair in Point Noir Congo. Wow. At a salon downtown. Mm. So that was the unfortunate reality at the time. I hope that changed. I really hope it has changed. Anyway, so um, come two months down the road, I decided to grow my hair. My hair starts growing. You know when it's that weird stage, you don't know how to style it because there's really nothing you can do, but you need to keep it fresh and soft. So I go looking around for products. Most of the products were Indian oils. They don't really penetrate the hair. Mm. They just sit on top. Then um, there wasn't anything specific on the market, so I would mix and match whatever goes, just learning the whole experience. Good enough, we used to travel a lot. So in my travels, I realized that there were products on the market and the selling points were um, shea butter from Ghana, coconut oil from Mombasa, argan oil from um, Egypt. Like, it was African products that were selling, but alas, they were not made in Africa. Wow. And they were too expensive for me to acquire here in Africa. So, of course, being me, I complained to my sister, who is also my business partner, um, you know, disturbed by what was happening. So she advised, but some of these things are here in Uganda. Why don't you figure out how to add value to them? Uh, she knows that I like creating things. Yeah. So I start looking for vacation. Now, for me, during vacation, I would take, I would get a car, usually my mom's old rav that she had at the time. Yeah. This is a car whose windows don't go up. So when you're in a dusty area, just know you have to keep the window down and intake all the, the fufu that comes. Eh? Mm. So I'd get her car and then just drive north, east, west, doing market research. Wow. So in the process, meanwhile, I wouldn't even ask anyone to come with me. I just get in the car and move. My mission, look for a product that's available in large quantities to which I can add value. Mm. And also I wanted to find out if these products are actually in the country, um, despite the phone information. On doing that, I discovered that differences between people in different regions. The people in the north were the happiest, with the clearest skin, but wow. the poorest. Um, and the thing that really touched my heart is the fact that they are very happy. You know, they're really happy. And they're, they're loyal. They're, there's something about them that's uniquely appealing mm. compared to the rest. So I started asking more. Meanwhile, I had really traveled around this country. Yeah. So I start inquiring more. And then they tell me that there's this thing called Noya, about Moyao, different names in different areas mm. that they eat. And then they smear their kids when they are young, on the faces, for them to look good. They didn't really use it in their hair. Um, so they show me the trees. It's a forest. I'm like, mm, this is vacation. good. Vacation. Vacation. <laughs> I, I am working for Livara for the future. <laughs> so anyway, I see that things are sustainable. They are forests. For me, ching ching, business idea. Do my market research now on phone. It's a billion dollar industry. Guess who are the biggest <clears throat> um, beneficiaries of that? The French and other people who are exporting the sheer nuts. Sheer nuts, not sheer butter. Mm. Meaning they have not even added value to the nuts. Exporting in bulk. Role. Yes. And the places where these nuts are being obtained, people are usually the 
poorest of the regions. For example, in Uganda, place where the shea trees grow, that's where the Kony farmers were. So for me, already, there is a plant. It's a natural oligopoly in the world. It's only in Africa, justification. The women there are not really benefiting, and the people there are not benefiting, more justification. Um, I need something made in Africa, for Africa. For your hair. By Africans, mm. at the quality of the international brands, more justification. Is there something being done here at scale to that level? No. Tick, tick, tick. I felt I fitted in that box. So wow. I started planning my exit. This is five months into my job. So I started calculating. Five months into your job. Meanwhile, I was earning an average of $10,000 a month. Wow. I was planning for a space where I was not going to earn anything. But the dream was big. Yes. Right? Yes. So I started doing business plans, figure out how, how much do I need to start, what machinery do I need. Um, during my free time from work, I used to do my work. So <laughs> I started doing the research and I, help, I get a business plan. The next vacation I come, I start discussing with uh, business mentors. My mentor has always been my grandmother, Teresa Mbire. Wow. Mm. Um, um, my parents, my family side, are very entrepreneur. They, come, they came from poverty. My dad used to wear goat skin. Wow. Like, they were that broke. My mom wore her first shoes in S1. Wow. Um, they all survived on church um, scholarships. Mm. I, I hope they are still there. But that's who they are. They were spotted by the local people were advised to go to the church, the church paid for them, and that's how they came out of that life in the village. Yeah. So really, there was no wealth, mania, <laughs> nothing. Mm. The things that they have now is because they have worked for them now. Yeah. My parents keep telling us that all they did was give us a quality education, mm -hmm. and after S6, we are on our own. So all my siblings were on government scholarships for university because we knew even if the money was there, my mom was clear, nothing. So go work, go support yourself, and meanwhile she has shopping lists yeah. for which you must pay, right? <laughs> so we were trained hardcore to go and work. Yeah. And that's the kind of family I come from. Mm. It's not like there's money available. My relatives are too sharp. They'll ask you, what have you done? Where's your proof of concept? Mm. And it is only now when I have actually proven and checked, checked all the boxes that they come to open more doors for wow. you. But before you prove that, no. there's nothing. They'll simply say, okay, do, you can do better here. Have you seen that? You try it out, but not, oh, Max, let me handhold you. No. So yes. it's groundwork. It's you proving yourself over over and over and over again yeah. and using the internet very well. Yeah. Anyway, when I had planned that and did all that, my grandmother showed me Yuri. So an, another vacation, she takes me around. This is an 80-year-old lady, weak knees, but she sees that you have something. Yeah. I couldn't tell my mom because she would have ridiculed me at the time. You've yeah. just gotten a job. Yeah, good job. Yes. You're getting money. Plus, yeah. I was giving them some kamane every month. Yes. <laughs> some dollars. So, it's only my grandma would understand because for her, she was a quick mover. Mm. She didn't really care. Takes me to Yuri, shows me 
Uganda Industrial Research Institute. Now, the government has a very fabulous um, incubation program. Yeah. So they have set up a facility or facilities because there are different locations in different regions where you apply to enter, uh, show your business plan, make yeah. sure that it is a, sustain, uh, like a sustainable thing for which you actually have either some knowledge or the funds to multiply. Yeah. It's not, oh, I'm looking for something, I don't have this, I don't have a plan. No. People will support you when you have done some groundwork. Yeah. That is one thing I have noticed. It's only when you show cause that you don't have the technical expertise or the money to do something that they will come in and really assist you. But a proven idea or an idea that is real on paper will always be supported one yeah. way or the other. Yeah. Anyway, so she takes me to Uganda Industrial Research Institute in Nakawa, Yuri. Um, she shows me everything that was being done, carpentry work, um, pottery, yeah. meat processing, sausages. being incubated. Yes. What Yuri does is that it gives you space, it yeah. gives you energy, water, very core aspects of starting, <laughs> and technical expertise. Yeah. So it has a few scientists that you can work with to develop your product into something better. Of course, I used these guys. I worked with them, got my team. When I was in Congo, we used to use Skype because that was the in thing. These WhatsApps were not, read, were not yet really the things. Skype yeah. was the ish. I partnered with one of my brothers, um, started sending money monthly, $1,000, just buy things, test. Meanwhile, for manufacturing, you have to be willing to spend money to make money because research takes a lot of time you can't just make a product. The other thing, I'm a scientist. I don't, personally, I don't believe in doing things in my kitchen. I believe in using people who have studied what they're doing for oh, the longest yes. time. Because yes. I'm an engineer. Yes, I understand science, but I don't have the time to start mixing things in a way that I feel it should be done. I prefer working with technical exp expertise. Experts, yeah to get my thing done, because then it will be done better, faster, and in a shorter period of time. Um, I also value time. When in Congo, on the offshore wells, so we were given a particular period of time to install these submersible pumps in deep offshore wells, and there was always a time factor. Meanwhile, if you miss putting something by 0.1 centimeters, the platform can blow up. Yeah. So there was that attention to detail, to detail that had yeah. to be made. I do not like playing with my detail. When a product is made, it has to have A, B, C natural oils. It has to do this job. It has to smell the right way. And it has to work. And if I cannot use it, then it will not be on the yeah. market. So that the chemists that I work with know that. And for the longest time, they will not even present to me a product that misses a particular form of quality. I've had this team for the longest time. Some of them since we started seven years ago, others five years. And these are people that really understand what it means to make a product. Same thing with branding. I needed a product that would comfortably stand with a L'Oreal product on the market. And you're like, hmm. These are both good products. Okay, what does this do? And then be able to pay the back for that. Mm. So I was very intentional on what I needed out there. Because for the longest time, Africa has been the place with the poor products. 
the poor branding. Yeah, the fact is that the products work. Yeah. The raw materials are, are here. found here. It's just that we don't have the access to the markets and maybe the help to get the products at the right quality out there. Yeah. But everything that is used for medicine, for you know, pharmaceuticals, for cosmetics, for clothes, these yeah. materials that we wear, it's grown here. Coffee, we are some of the biggest exporters. All that is found here. So I needed to prove to myself and to other people that you know what, we can do it here from the source with our people. Create the best quality and the world will buy it. Yeah. So that's how I started Livara. Yeah. The other thing, I'm a little bit strict when it comes to quality and other things. <laughs> so um, that was basically it. Then the other thing, I needed to work with a group of farmers because everything that I sell, I must trickle down the money to the last people. So I organize these people um, according to their locations. LCC, I have a lot to learn from you meanwhile, worship harvest. That's why I'm part of this church. Like the business etiquette here is spot on, yeah. and it's what I need to transfer to my business. Yeah. And I'm glad I'm here on that day they are launching eight locations. <laughs> Meanwhile, meaning I will launch eight locations this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you have to tap into yeah, this thing. Yes. Anyway, right the now. business etiquette here is extremely mm. spot on, mm. and I need that transferred into my business as yeah. well. So when I was getting these farmers, I was very specific also on the way people relate. It's a cultural thing. Um, the LC1 chairmans I listen to, like they're very organized. So getting groups of 100, 200, maximum 500 farmers was an easy thing to do. I sold them my dream. I told them, give us the nuts. We shall continually buy from you. Yeah. We make these products, sell them out there. You know, it's a ripple effect. Yeah. Then, of course, I needed to protect the tree. Um, a few challenges. When I tried to sell the dream to my fellow uh, business owners at the time, unfortunately, they were not ready to take it on. We still have the competing attitude, which is slowly changing, thank God. Yeah. But we need to learn to work together, together because together we can go so far. The other thing with manufacturing, yes, we started with selling products on Facebook. Social media can sell your products to a specific level, especially here. Well, there's a limited number of people that are on social media, for sure, but it can start you. So we started by selling products on Facebook. I learned about Instagram a few years ago. <laughs> so we were selling, selling, selling. Um, the money that we got was not really enough but when we opened a location, money moved from like sales of two million shillings a month to 12 million shillings a month in one day, in one month, because of location. Yeah. Max, I think you're taking us too fast. There's too much we are taking in and we still want more. But we want to take us to the detail of how, okay, you were at URI, got all these scientists, got the farmers together, then how did it become a product? How did it get to the, to the location, to the shelf, to the market? We want all of it. We don't want to miss it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, this was the thing. When I, when I was planning to quit my job, my business plan was to extract the raw share butter in order to export it in bulk, right? That was the plan. So my deal with Yuri 
was give me the machinery. We had identified the machines that we needed. For me, I will buy the nuts, organize the operations, create a product and export it. I will find the market. Um, I'm an avid user of internet. I believe there's a lot <laughs> that's available out there. Yeah. So I had even located a few buyers. So I had the whole system in place. Unfortunately, at the time, 2015, um, in preparation for the election year, the money was removed from the ministries at the time. So my plan just went down. down. I couldn't get the machinery uh, because it's a government-funded thing. So plan B. My plan B was... Livara. It wasn't even my plan A. Yeah. But remember, from the time I had started planning to quit, we had already been manufacturing, trying to make products. So they were already in the process of being made. It was an easy switch. Right? So when the plan B, when it was evident that we needed to release products, I sped up the process of branding, getting a name. I remember I fasted for three days just to get a name. Wow. Right? With my sister, Terry. Yeah. So we wanted a name like Pepsi, Nike, Levi's, Punk, something that is long-lasting, that will stay in people's minds. We went to Ginger on a journey, <laughs> fasting for a name. We iterated words from letter A to letter Z, like things. You come up with a name, you try to create something around it. I remember there's this swan, the name swan. The products are going to be called swan. We came up with a song, I'm swanning out. <laughs> I want the world to know, like bits. On Googling, there's a big electronics company called swan. Name out. Like that's how we kept on doing stuff. Yeah. So after three days, we were hungry. Things failed, we came back to Kampala. But around Seta, um, we started again. And then the word Livara came to mind. So on Googling, there was no company called Livara at the time. But catch this, the meaning of Livara. Divine, God, goodness, truth, unconditional love, wow. gift, free will, ideal, whole healing of your heartbreak, endless. We registered the name and trademarked it the next week. That was it. So that's how we got the name Livara, meaning, and then it, it's a name, it's a family name of 11 families in Alaska at the time. Yeah. So we were undeniably the first company to be called Livara in the world. We were registered here in Uganda and it meant everything to us because we wanted to push this natural and organic thing from here in Africa. I mean, everything beautiful comes from here. Yeah. It's just that we are left with a poor packaging after. But let us get out the beauty and show people that we have the beauty. So that's how that came up. We started with six product lines. Yeah. The hair food, the hair butter, which we called, oh, even the branding. So we chose, um, the lab, Livara is the brand name. So the product names are gemstones. We believe that the skin, I mean, it's your most prominent organ on your body. Yeah. But also we needed to be treated as gems. Gems are the most expensive stones on the planet. So we named our products diamond, sapphire, jadeite, tanzanite, yeah. emerald, just to show that we are creating gems, right? So yeah, the hairlines. So there's a lot we put in 
in the naming of the product. Every time someone buys emerald hair, Livara, they're buying into that particular dream. Yeah. Now, coming to the market, we had to look for an opportunity where there's lots of gathering, lots of people gathered, um, so as to um, easily, you know, sell. So you have to look for the mass occasions where you tap into a huge number of people in the shortest period of time. For us, it was the Bride and Groom Expo yeah. by New Vision at the time. So the mom, I, again, research, how do I get into the market in Uganda? Where are the most people like going to be in yeah. Uganda at yeah. this time? Then the Bride and Groom Expo came up. So I went to New Vision offices. I remember they, they were remaining like three weeks before opening. So I asked, they first told me, oh, it's a bit too late. The places that are available are not necessarily this good. I was like, you're joking, who's organizing? I went look for the person, <laughs> not even the manager, the person in charge of the planning sheet. I told her I want this place. She said, but Maxi, it's taken. I was like, figure it out, I want this place. Then she made a few calls, the person hadn't yet paid. So I had a, a window, so I can pay for it now. So she said, give me, a, give me a minute. So she makes a few calls. She called the owner, the person who had booked it. Said, Tuchal, yeah, well, we are thinking about it. Let me call you next week. I was like, I have my money now. It's here. Cash. You need it now. So she said, so she told the lady that unfortunately someone is taking it. So I paid for that location. Uh, I didn't have any plan. Our first car decoration was really fake, but it was nice for us at the time. So we set up... Uh, I spent about 3 million shillings into the whole thing. I just wanted one sale. I believe that when someone buys just one product, it's a blessing into your business and it will ripple the effect. So I was looking for one sale, just one. Um, that therefore, the expo starts, 9 a.m., people are flooded, people are buying. Um, I'm not making any sale. Midday comes, the lady next to me, she owned cars for brides. She had made contacts, she had, people had booked, I mean. So she looked at me and said, young girl, I think let me buy from you something. <laughs> Cause it looks like no one is buying from you. Nothing. So she came, she asked, what do your products do? I, I, I pitched to her, I told her. She bought a small tin of um, the anti-aging butter. Yeah. Um, 10,000 shillings. I was so happy. I took pictures, our first customer. Hey. We have made it. This is it. That day, we made 2.5 million shillings. Wow. From midday. So again, one sale mm. is all you need yeah. to grow the business. Yeah. Um, the one sale differs in different, in different markets, yeah. right? The time for you to grow will be different. So from that one sale in 2015, on, uh, oh, wow, on June 23rd, 2015, at midday. Since then, we have opened locations here in Uganda. We came from just retailing in shops. Product is our primary business. However, when we started retailing the products, people started asking for a salon for natural hair. Yeah. For us, it was good because it was an experiential center. We make these products, we use them in the salons, but more importantly, we use them with the children. 
Because, for example, you see the way Blue Band was marketed back then to us from a young age. Everyone has grown up knowing that when you want to, you know, butter your bread, that is the one thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, from a young age, we have been told indirectly that our hair is not worth it. Yeah. So we cut it off going to school. We have been told that it's hard to manage. Yeah. So we palm it. Yeah. We, we relax, relax it. Yeah. In order to look a different way. What if we trained our children to take care of their hair better? And what if we gave them something beautiful that they loved, they appreciated? Maybe that story will change in 10 years. So we intentionally have child space at our salon. And I do that with my kids as well. I have a two-year-old girl. You've met Azula. The girl will wake up, tell you to oil her hair, condition, mama, condition, oil. I want to shampoo my hair. This is a little girl. But because she has seen me do it, yes. and because I have repeatedly told her that you are beautiful young... You know, that's how I talk with my kids. You are beautiful young girl. How are you, special one? And then we kiss, kiss, kiss each other. Just reminding her that she is worth it. Yeah. She is beautiful. And then I keep reminding her that her hair is the best. Her, she's two years old. Her hair started growing two years and four months. Her, started, her hair started growing six months ago. Children are different, no matter how many products you use. Like, they are different. You need to give them time to grow. Her brother, on the other hand, the hair started growing a long time ago. So for that one, we cut it off. Yeah. So, anyway, but she's taken it on Mm. herself. She knows Livara. She knows the sign. She is proud of it. Yeah. Every time I leave, uh, say, go on a trip and I come back, she reminds me, Mama, I want my hair to look like yours. Take me to Livara. And then when she's at the salon, she knows what products to use. Give her a product that she hasn't seen. She'll tell you, no, 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 conditioner first. Mm. And that's who she is. Mm. Or you haven't washed her hair properly. She'll, she'll remind you, here, here, here. Mm. Like she understands and yeah. she appreciates. Yeah. Imagine all our children valued wow. their hair that wow. much from a young from age. A young then age. we Africans would grow up knowing that we're actually worth it. Yeah. We are beautiful just the way we are. So that is what I'm trying to change using quality products for the people. Come on, studio audience. One of the things, I don't know if you guys agree with me or feel with me, we must invite um, Maxi back, Pastor Chris. I feel like there's so much value that we probably need to invite her back now tell us about this aspect. Now just this aspect, because the questions are already flooding in. We have questions, I have questions. But what I'm hearing from your story thus far is the fact that you've invested time and money in researching and creating this product. And I believe it's the reason why it is the way it is. Do you guys agree? Yeah, because usually when it comes to manufacturing, we rush it because we want to put it on the market to make some money. And that's where we lose it. That's where we fail to compete sometimes. But what I'm hearing from you, which I think is what has made your product the way it is, is the time, is the research, is the internet, is the farmers, it's Yuri, it's all these different things that you've done to invest in it so you can give us the best product for our hair. Thank you. Yes, thank Thank you. you. Thank Thank you for putting in the work so that when we are buying it, we are buying value. So I think that's something for all of us to learn. I know that, first of all, many of you have questions, so go ahead and share them there. Hopefully, we'll be able to have the time to answer all of them, because Max has a lot. But while we wait for the questions, 
you've done something really well, scaling, which many of us haven't quite mastered yet. We have started putting the products on the shelves. Some of them are in our own outlets. Some of them are in our homes. <laughs> yeah, we move with them in our car boots, in our bags. But you've opened up an outlet and also scaled. Tell us about that. How have you been able to do that successfully? Because so far, what we think and what we see is successful. Um, meanwhile, we don't just have outlets here in Uganda. We are listed on Amazon in the US. So anyone in the US can buy the product. <laughs> so anyway, so it started from, again, you must know, you must have an end goal, yeah. right? Apostle Mo keeps saying, a li- meanwhile, that's our verse also, a little one shall, shall become, become a thousand, thousand. then a small, a small one, a small nation. A strong nation. A strong nation. So it, it, for a little one to become a strong nation doesn't happen in one day. Yeah. You must have a plan and you must understand your business plan. Many of us make products because person A, person B has done the thing. And they forget that person A and person B put in research, right? So for me, my dream was to have 6,000 stores across the world. Why 6,000? The person that I admired at the time and still do, um, Amancio Ortega, the owner of Zara. Yeah, yeah. Zara started very small, right? Um, He started in a small little shop tailoring with his sister then they expanded. And at that time, they had 6,000 stores in Europe wow. and Americas. So I, that's where I picked from the number. Um, now I realize, I can realize that through franchising. All right. right? Mm. So how do we scale? Start small. Start by putting the product on social media. It's cheap. It's easy. In Africa, thankfully, Uganda, um, Rental space is not as expensive. Also, um, human resource is not as expensive. Yeah. Invest in having a location for your product. Because people will always ask, where are you found? Where are you found? Then market the product. When you market, you increase your sales. Go out there, own the product. When the sales come in, remember your goal. Add, increase to what it is that you wanted. For us, we wanted to have our own stores. Like I've mentioned, so it was opening one store here, another store here, another store there, another store here. We tried putting the product on the shelf, yeah. but we realized that the money you make from one supermarket in one month, you can make in one day at your shop. Wow. Uh, the other thing is we didn't have the capital, the money, the financial power to start marketing as big as, say, um, the Nivea's and mm. the Vaseline's do. Mm. I mean, they've been in the business for 50 years. Mm. We didn't have that money. So, ably competing on the shelf with these people that have been at it for the longest time, yeah. I was not ready and I was not willing to fight that war at the time. So, I wanted to identify myself uniquely. So, have a shop, have an in-house place where I can speak to everyone that comes in about why I am, yeah. who I am, mm. and where I'm going. You're selling purpose. Yes, that way you also create um, customers for life. Because when people come in, they resonate with why you are, who you are, and then you can also test the product on them. It was easier to scale that way. It's those same people that started asking for a salon. It is those same people that brought their friends to the salon. 
It is those same people that started complaining, oh, you're Why not in you this, place. this place. Yeah. It's too far for me. So we started mm. delivering. Yeah. When the numbers made sense, we opened up another location. The other thing is that we bank diligently every day. When you bank and you have cash flow, I recently wrote an article about how inefficient the banking system is, but when you prove that your cash flow is real, yeah. there will be someone who will be willing to, to invest, give you money yeah. to increase that cash flow, mm. right? Because when you have your books, I mean, numbers don't lie. I'm a numbers person. I believe in the percentages. I believe in calculations. I let the data speak to me. So if you're banking diligently, you will know how much money am I making every month. Then if you keep your records straight, you will also know what's my cost. Um, when we manage to scale up to the level we are at, we now realize I employ over 64 people. Yeah. But I now realize that I need the higher professionals. You know? People are asking to pause for a pause for effect, right? How many people do you employ? Over 64. So to scale even more, we now need the professionals, the people who will challenge me mm. as a leader, because there's also so much I can do. There's so much I have done alone. Yeah. But I need the people who will come in, the Ariho cameras, who will come in and be like, hey, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you're not doing this. So those are kind of like talents we need yeah. at the, yeah. right now to push us further, because they've been at it for the longest time. One of our biggest challenges to growth as well has been systems yeah. and the right minds. We are taking on one at a time, but with that one person, we realize a lot of improvement. I have people like a gentleman called Samuel Chisache who came on to improve our operations. My sister Teresa Karunji, very brilliant girl in the tech space. She's all data, data, data. I mean, I can't even withdraw money. I, I, I own the majority of the company without her approval. You see, but it's such people who have to come in yeah. with strict rules and goals in order for you to improve. Yeah. Her husband, Angelo, is also one of our people that we work with. He is so system-oriented. It's like, Maxi, this is failing you. You need to improve this. They just point it out, and then you, f you figure out how to improve it. Then the networks that we have, um, again, Terry and Angelo pointed out, your networks are too small. You need to expand your niche, yeah. your reach. Yeah. So they started planning for conferences in different countries. And trust me, the moment I entered the conferences, I realized that, oh my God, we are still too far. Because these mm. guys are talking about investment in different languages. Uganda, we only know debt equity. The other side, convertible notes, manyabi chibichi, like very easy access to financing, yes. which I would never have known had I been closed up on the little circle that I have. Yeah. Also, just interacting with different people here. I have some mentorship discussions with Kabushenga mm. and my uncle Charles, and they keep introducing these new business ideas that I didn't know of. So, intentionally expanding your circle mm. will help to increase your knowledge and your wit. School of leadership. Hey. That's cool. <laughs> Meanwhile, I, I begged, I remember I begged, I even knelt down to just get into that school. I was late. I was ready to cry to get into that school of leadership. So I hounded our dear leaders with, with I really needed to get into that school of leadership. Yeah. 
Now, introduction to reading books. There is so much information oh, yes. in books. This information that I get has questioned what I have already been doing. I now want to do way more, much more. So again, there is no way you can scale yeah. without putting in the work to read, to research, mm. expanding your circles. There's only so much you know as a little person here on earth, but with a bigger network, you grow and you improve. Wow. Also networks. When my networks keep increasing, I get access to people in banks, right? Because they've used the products, most of them, thankfully. So they come, you know, proposing things. Maxi, have you tried this package that we have? <laughs> Maxi, I know of this person who is looking, say, to, for example, we do franchise investment. So they have access to people with cash. Yeah. Someone is willing to put away 300 million, 400 million in a franchise and watch it grow. Yeah. So these bankers come and say, Maxi, you were talking about franchising. Are you ready? I have someone who wants a location here and there. And they easily connect you. Had, I'm naturally an introvert. I had to get out of myself to have access to these people. That's the, I know, right? This world is amazing, but I prefer keeping to myself and in my little circle. So getting out of my norm, your comfort, my mm. comfort zone mm. has exposed me to people who are taking me at speeds that I also didn't know. You know, people tell you, I want this done today, next week, let's have this meeting next week. You should have done ABCD, ABCD, send emails. I am learning to be faster. Because yeah. also, if we remain in, at the pace that we are, we, we won't grow. Far. The other thing with manufacturing, for you to scale, you need to have your numbers right. Guys, it's not all about, let me get a chikebe, put in this mix, put in that. No, you have to factor in... Um, cost of manufacturing, utilities, where are you getting from the products? Do I need to import a raw material? How long will it take for me to make a product eh, and have it on the shelf? We have had stockouts because of our partners that we have here, the label people, right? They take time to produce labels because they also have their challenges. So all those things must always be factored yeah. in in order to have continuous output on the market. The moment you stop, there will always be a competing product ready Get to close, close mm. the gap. So you have to make sure that you're on top of your game and you have to keep improving. Our customers keep complaining. So you don't have this. Why? It's not that they don't understand our systems. For them, it's all about you don't have this. I need it. Why aren't you making it? Yeah. You get. Then people keep coming. We don't have these good dyes, this, this and that. So when are you making such things? Okay, there's so much to, to, to talk about. <laughs> Why don't you help me appreciate Max? Come on, guys. Come on, people. Pastor Chris, we surely need Livara Part 2. We need Livara Part 2 because there's so much. The questions are many. But what I'm hearing concerning scaling is systems plus, which is people plus processes. The other thing which I feel like is the core of scaling, as you are speaking, is vision. The vision is that you as the leader having the vision. And how do we get the vision? Still from what you said, it's information. You're reading, you're in school of leadership, you're in spaces. It's uh, associations, the people you are relating with who are challenging you. And it's the experiences. Go to a conference and reach there and find people speaking in all these languages th that are going to challenge you to want to do more. Thank you so much, man. And don't sit at the back in the conferences. Yeah. Go out and ask. Mm. 
So somebody's asking a question here. People asking about beards. Do you have something for beards? Some are asking for something for their bald heads. <laughs> I don't want to mention names in the house. But people are asking for, do you have products for bald heads? Real quickly, because we've run out of time for sure. We have products for men, women, children. And we, you can find this product. Yes, we have products for beards and balding heads. You can find them at any Livara location. We have one in Tinder, in Chanja, in Mutasa Kafero, Kansanga, Mbarara. Uh, we have six locations at the moment with three major salons. So come to us, talk to us. Let us find out what your challenge is and let us walk the journey with, with you. you yes. Somebody's already asking if you have an outlet in Entebbe. I think if you don't have, we need one there already. Somebody is asking about Yuri. Are you still there? I know you're still there because we saw you last year. Yeah, but we, we want to get out yeah. this year without fail. Without fail. And also to someone make is space for someone else. Yeah. Somebody is asking how do they get into Yuri? Is it a free space? It's a free space, like I mentioned before. Again, listen when people are talking. Mm. It's a free space. Apply. Applications are read. Yeah. Right? Follow up. After one week, if you don't have a response, go back and ask. I mentioned I was hounding just to get into this space. Hound people. Go and ask, why aren't I being responded to? Find out other people who are in Yuri, because there's free access. Ask them how they went about it. Who do I talk to? How do I follow up? Be intentional about wanting to actually get in. Mm. You will get in. Max, do you agree that you need to come back here? Yes, hey, of course. That's a confirmation. Come on, people. Thank you so much for giving us value, so much value in, short, in such a short time. I think this is one we're going to go back and rewatch. Because as you are speaking, you are dropping so many bombs along the way, so much information, so much detail. Yet I know because I've heard this story, there's still so much more. That's why we need you back on this set. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, people, help me appreciate Maxi one more time. Yes. Thank you so much for adding value to us this morning. Now, friends, you know we never want to close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You've heard her say she had to fast for the name. She has to pray. She has to believe the scriptures that a little one will become a thousand. All of that is only made possible by God. There's only so much we can do by ourselves. But when we have God in the picture, the possibilities are endless, right? So I want to invite you this morning to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It's very simple. You simply believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord. So why don't you go ahead and say these words after me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today to give you my life. Forgive me my sins. Today, I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Take my life and do something significant with it. If you've just said that prayer, you are now born again. Yes, we celebrate you and welcome you to the family of God. There's a number right now running on your screen. Just go ahead and text that number, call that number. There's a pastor behind that line who is ready, willing, and available to answer all your questions, to help you make sense of the decision you have just made. If you're here in the house or you're just listening to me and you need the number, it's 0775-642-449. I'll say it again, 0775 642 
0449. That number, somebody's behind that line waiting eagerly to help you walk this new journey. Thank you so much for joining us here at Business Garage. Yes, we have the business lounge set up behind the stage. If you're here at Worship Harvest Nalia, go ahead and connect. Max will be there. Now, guys, that's why you have to come to Business Garage live in the audience. Yeah, because then you get the opportunity to interact with our guests here because she's going to be behind here in the business lounge interacting answering all your questions and all of that and if you're at a location I'm sure there is a business lounge there where they'll host you and you connect with other business leaders at that location the encounter service starts in a few minutes at exactly 9 a.m. we will be starting the encounter service so wherever you are run to a location come here to worship Harvest Nadia and let's celebrate together see you next Sunday bye-bye for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.